This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Yes? Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly devil. Welcome to the Two-Headed Nerd comic book podcast. First and only Facebook talk show. We call it THN Cover to Cover. And today, it's for Saturday, June 22nd. Second. Thank yeah. you. Why do I never know what the I date don't is? No. Here's how it works. Every Saturday from 1130 to 1230 Central Standard Time, Joey and I are talking all things Nerd and comics with you nerds live. You can call us at 402-819-4894, or you can click our Facebook Call Now button if you want to get in on the action. You can also watch us on Facebook Live, which some of you are doing right now. Some of you. We film it so you can play along. I don't think we mentioned that enough. And if you're watching on Facebook Live, please understand, this is not the show. That's the show. It's being recorded. And I edit it, and I sex it up, and I put it on the internet. He doesn't really edit right? it. He doesn't yeah, really do. do much in the way of If editing, you can't call in cover. live, you guys, you can always leave us a message at 402-819-4894. That is how you interact with the Two-Headed Nerd. Or you can send us an MP3 to TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com. And it doesn't just have to be cover-to-cover stuff. You can just call and say, yo. Yep. You can call to talk about anything. We'd yeah. love to hear from you. But before we get started, Joey, Whew. I need you to reset the question of the week. You mean we still haven't started? No. Oh my God. We have not started. This week's question was submitted by Brian Domingos via the THN forums. A lot of comics fandom is speculation, but I have been thinking about the business side of things and what could improve. If you could change one thing for the better about the business of comics, what would it be? Nullification of exclusive contracts? The banning of variant covers? Let's hear it. That's a little strong. I don't think it's that strong. I don't think variant covers ever hurt nobody. Yeah, variant covers are a cancer. I mean, they're stupid, sure. But, like, hey, it's a game that nobody has to play. Thinking about the Just business like else. things. And what- Whoa, that was crazy. What happened? I, I turned on our live video, and I had, to cut the, uh, I had to cut the audio. Yeah, you did. Stuff to talk about today, huh? Stuff I want to wrap out with you guys. I just posted it in the chats. You can chat along with us, too, and we will read your chats and talk to you there. If you are too much of a coward to get on the internet, and become internet famous and then have sex with strangers because of your newfound fame. I want to talk about Frank Miller's really weird Superman Year One. I want to talk about the fact that when they started teasing this J.J. Abrams Spider-Man thing, the first image we got was a four, and people immediately thought that there was going to be a comic version of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 4, and somebody thought that might be a good idea? Does anybody want that? I mean... Was there a script? As a curiosity. Was there like some script I don't know about? I think or? he had some uh, developments, yeah. Where were they going to go next? I don't know. God, space. Ugh. They sort of did that already. I want to talk about Keanu, who's in talks with the MCU. Who do you want Keanu to play? Let's hear it. Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic? That's what the internet wants. That's dumb. Why is that dumb? No, 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 no. Why is that dumb? He's not Reed Richards. He's not going to be able to deliver the nerd lines. He's not going to be able to Keanu sound. Keanu can do anything he wants. Not that. You yeah, can't do that. You can. That is dumb. You're dumb. I want to talk about the new Chucky movie, which has nothing to do with the actual Chucky creator, and he's pissed about it, and mm. he has started beef on the internet. And you know what? He is right. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I have some love for the Chucky films. I have seen them all, 
And the last one, the cult of Chucky, wasn't bad at all. Really wasn't bad. This new Chucky is no longer possessed by a serial killer. The new Chucky is an AI that goes crazy. Look, I talked to people that saw it, and they said it was good. That's stupid. That is so stupid. Why is it any dumber than any other thing? It's so dumb. It's just dumb because it's, you're completely getting away from what you did. It's its own different thing. Not it's only a reboot. Are it's you, a, not a sequel. Not only are you rebooting it and getting away from the original storyline, you took it away from the guy that created it and the guy that, that voiced it. That guy never owned a shit thing. A yes. damn thing. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. He, he made a did. major studio movie. The studio owns that shit. I was, yeah, it's shameful. It's awful. Uh, I want to talk about... What else was there? Oh, Chaos Comics is bringing back Chastity via Dynamite. We're going to see a resurgence of bad girls, but this time they're empowered bad girls. I mean, haven't they always been kind of empowered? I mean, if you count dressing super slutty and hanging out all over the place and being written by men, sure. I mean... (laughs) I would say no. Like, they were... I mean, I get that there was a lot of problems, but... yeah. I, I, I think there's a discussion to be had there about bad girls. Like, were bad girls good for comics? Honestly, they didn't bring women into reading comics. Like, you, we were, That's not true. When we worked at the comic shop, how many women did you sell those bad girls comics to? The, I sold Buffy comics to a ton of women. Xenoscope's primary audience is m- majority women. I'm not talking about Xenoscope. I'm talking about... Xenoscope te- is, like the, is like the modern day successor of all that shit. The original bad girl comics back in the day. I, I don't know. Lady Death. Chastity. Sure. Uh, who else was in there? Uh, I mean, I'm not counting Vampirella because uh, she was around longer than that. Purgatory. Purgatory, for example. <laughs> Did you ever sell those to women? Probably. I no. don't remember. No. It was perverts. It was dudes. Pervert dudes that were afraid to buy porn bought these. Hey, the dudes at our comic shop were not afraid to buy porn comics. No, that's true. Some of them proudly did. Yeah, we I, had, I we had one guy who had bondage fairies on his pole. I love those guys, too. They're like, I'm just here to pick up my bondage fairies. <laughs> like, good for you, sir. All right. R.I.P. <laughs> Bob Clifton. <laughs> I don't know if he's actually dead. Oh, man. Oh, Michael McGaffin says we're getting two different Chuckies. Mark Hamill's the one in the theater. And there's going to be an original one on cable. Oh, my God. And, and like, look, I'm not taking anything away from Mark Hamill. I love Mark Hamill, and he's got a great voice and all, but it just seems Brad Dorif is the voice of Chucky. I'm sorry. And Chucky is a doll that is possessed by a serial killer. It's not a rogue AI. I'm sick of this. Robots aren't scary. Okay? They sorry, scary. Terminator. Uh, they're not scary. Counterpoint. Last night, I watched I Am Mother on Netflix, and How that robot that? is scary. I want to see that. It was great. I want to see that. It was that. so good. All right, the phone line Full is- Full of twists. The phone line is open, you jerks, so call us. Damn it. I think it's open. I saw that we missed a call anyway. So, you know. Well, it didn't ring. No, but it, it was while I had the donut disturb on because I was introducing the show. Uh, Amateur hour. Who is this that's saying this? Someone is saying, I'd love to see Count who is Mark Spector, but I'm hesitant. They usually need a great writer-director team to handle the character well. How about a six-episode miniseries? I'm into that. That was Michael Bettendorf. His totally name's right there. into that. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? JD got a catch. JD, you're very quiet. Let me me turn you up a little bit, brother. There we go. How are we today? And what do we want to rap about? I'm good. I want to talk about the uh, question of the week. All right. What are we going to change about the comic business, JD? Will you be a benevolent like uh, comic ruler or are you going to be iron fisted? Uh, Pretty iron fisted, actually. Yeah. Pretty pretty bold. And it's 
very on brand for me, but uh, I say get away with get it, do away with paper individual issues. Ooh, all together. Yeah, Ooh. all together. So go you... to a digital monthly model and then paper trades. You know, a lot of people think that that is where the business is going. Period. And yeah, and we've seen floppy sales slowly crawl down, but graphic novel sales still pretty solid. It's weird, right. you know, I mean, and that's where we get all this like New York Times bestselling author so-and-so who wrote a Vertigo graphic novel, you know, and like has never written a book because they sold at Barnes and Noble or they sold at Borders right. RIP or whatever, you know? Yeah. Say hi to the people, Bobo. Oh, yeah. Well, the- yeah, now, now Barnes and Noble is going away, too, so. Oh, is Barnes and Noble dying? Uh, they they got bought out by a capital venture firm. Yeah, I did not yeah, know. Yeah, I heard about that. Wow. Uh, but Toys R Us is coming back <laughs> somehow. Oh, it is. Yeah, they're they announced that they uh, didn't Mitt Romney shoot Toys R Us in the head or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's how it went down. Yeah, uh, they're they are oh, opening six ten thousand square foot stores to start. I don't know why. Really? Why just six? I don't know. But okay. it's weird. All in the same place. No, no. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, all in one <laughs> plaza. 60,000 feet of Toys R Us. Yeah. <laughs> it's a puppy. Um, I don't think... Look, I love floppies. Now, I have not purchased a floppy in... Many years. Fuck, I don't even know how long. Yeah. Like, I bought some classic yeah. stuff. Like, I'll always have a soft spot for old Marvel martial arts comics and stuff. You know, and old Swamp Thing issues, but as far as new comics? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, personally, I'm, I'm happy to be a digital reader, because I'm not a collector. It also works for guys like us when we've got to read X amount yeah. a week, and you yeah. have serious well, emotional yeah. problems where you have to go back and read really bad comics. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that, like, there's a market for collectors out there, but I, I, I think I would be sad to see paper comics go away. I mean, I mean, yeah, but I, I don't know. Were you sad to see DVDs? I mean, DVDs are going away. Yeah, but I don't feel anything for DVDs, you know, like or CDs for that matter. Like I still buy vinyl yeah. because it's a big hunk of something, and I'll still buy trades. I still buy really nice hardcovers. Because it's mm-hmm. a big, sexy package with a bunch of stuff in it, and I don't know, maybe floppies just don't do it for me anymore. You know? You know, I'll be anxious to see where, how this uh, TKO press goes. See how they do. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the print, that's the on-demand one, right? Right. Yeah, and they and they do the, you know, you can buy the individual issues, but you have to buy them like six at a time, and they come in a slipcase, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, and I guess. Kind of neat. I cannot, for the life of me, I can't figure out who the audience is for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have some big names, Garth Ennis. Well, and if there is an audience, they will find out because they will have actual oh, sales no, no, no. numbers. I, you know what I mean? I As, mean, the, the books, I mean, the, 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 the content of the books, I totally know who the audience is. I mean, I'm the audience. I mean, there's, there's good books. I mean, not so much who's the audience, who is the intended customer for buying six floppy individual issues in a slipcase. Yeah. Right, yeah. In one shot. Why does it need to be in a slipcase? You don't exactly get a taste of it, you know. I would rather, you know, at that point, just buy the the trade. It's already combined, people. (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, I mean, do you need those individual issues to go in your long box? Well, but at the same time, they will find out because unlike other comic sales who have to go through Diamond Comics and you've got retailers that have to speculate on what they think people are going to buy, they will have real sales numbers. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, and I think probably a lot of people are going to have the answer of let's get away. Let's do it with Diamond. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Scout Comics, I think, and another company that just was just announced, uh, whose name I forget, they do a thing that's kind of interesting where they will release the first issue of a book, mm-hmm. and then a month later, the trade will come out. So it's sort of like a, um, like a tease, like a pilot, almost oh. like, hey, try this oh, out. Nice. And if you like this, the graphic novel's out in a month. Yeah. Uh, that's how they did Metal so Shark like a Bro. Page oh, that's true. That is, yeah, basically, yeah. Metal Shark Bro is a perfect example. We got issue one, and then next week the trade came. Or next well, we month. like we got the trade because yeah, we backed the on Kickstarter, but, um, but yeah, they released it in comic shops, a single issue first, and then the trade later on. Yeah, that's not a bad idea either. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about distribution models and things like that because I've been I, I have an idea for a web comic that I've been wanting to put out, and I've had the idea of doing it differently in the aspect of doing uh an eight page issue every month and then every three months ending a story arc so you've got quarterly story arcs and then changing out the creative team every quarter so that you can trade off and always be ahead because the one thing i know about webcomic distribution the key to keeping an audience is consistency yes if you put it out once a month that's fine just be on time right just put it out once a month always be there always be there right you know so, you know, and so I was thinking about that, and it's just that idea of the more lead time you can give people so that there's no delays and, you know, just you can stay stay ahead of schedule. Yeah. You know, and so it was just something I was thinking about. Not a bad idea. JD, always nice to talk to you, brother. All right. Talk to you guys later. Have a good one, oh, buddy. You guys, gonna be, you guys are going to be at Ocon, right? Yes. We're figuring it out right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll right. definitely be at the meetup, <laughs> oh, which is a good. This is a good time to talk about that. Uh, next Saturday at what time? Six thirty. Oh uh, yeah, six thirty. At the Black Squirrel yeah. in Council Bluffs. It's the same place we were at last Cute year. Little whiskey bar. Yeah, it's a great place. Uh, we're having a THN meetup, the second annual THN second meetup. Second annual THN meetup. All right. Last year, yep. three people came. No, we are we looking had lots to of people. triple that. Okay, <laughs> I want nine people at this meetup. So if you're coming, if you're coming into town from Ocon, we'd love to see you. If you are already from Omaha and you want to hang out, come hang out with us. Yeah, we'll have some drinks. JD's buying drinks. It's gonna be great, you guys. Yeah, you're gonna love it. Free yeah, drinks. Free don't drinks. Don't be afraid to cross the river, guys. Don't be afraid. No, it's a great place. We had a great time last time. All right, JD, we will see you. We will talk to you soon and see you next weekend. See you next week. Awesome. Whoa. Oh, I forgot. I had him cranked up because he was so quiet. Jesus. Let me turn that down. My God. Uh, 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 uh. All right, there we go. Phone lines are open. Well, you did it on there. Is that going to make a difference? Oh, I just, this I can go. And we're done. I just had to do it on here, too. You just had to go. It's the whole thing. How's the the process go? Seeing how the sausage is made. How do you do it? It's more of a rent. Yeah. Uh, Corey Michael says Keanu should play Zan Chi Zan, the desert ghost from X Men 2099. I, Corey, Corey? Mike, Corey Michael has a brand and he sticks to it. Right, I'll give him Woolly that. Toots and X Men 2099. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the phone line is open. It's saying we just missed another call from this poor 206. I'm what the sure hell? What's your problem? I don't know. Are they leaving voicemails? Let me check. No, I don't think so. But it's totally open. We want to hear from you. 
Uh, we did get a voicemail. Oh, we did? From BS the Three. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Just now? 10.49 a.m. 10.49. So I guess that was an hour ago. Uh, also on this week's show, we, in a, Joe Patrick, that is, reviewed Frank Miller's new Superman Year One. Oh, boy. It is pretty much getting universally panned. Oh, no, no. Here's how you can tell that certain sites are on the take. Uh, when they give it a seven, when it's very clearly a two. <laughs> Who did that? Newsarama. Newsarama gave it yeah. a seven? Yeah. And then, like, everyone else I read was like, this comic is terrible. Three stars. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, IGN gave it 1.5 stars. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? Hey, it's Jason Sachs. Hey, ah. Jason. How are we today, sir? I'm actually not doing anything today. It's crazy. Good for We're so you. so happy to have you. You need a break. All right? You've been working too hard. Uh, for those of you that are fans of <laughs> it's Jason's. It's if you're enjoying it. Uh, that's right. Shh, I don't know. How's the new job? It's fantastic. Awesome. Oh, my God. It's, it's actually gone really well. Um, You're a rodeo so clown the, now. Here, is that right? Yes, exactly. Yes. And, you know, the makeup is beautiful. <laughs> Chasing your dreams. I think it's great. Uh, look, <laughs> this is not a joke. Every man needs to follow his dream. That's right. This is not a joke. Uh, my third grade principal's husband was a clown, a for real clown, a professional circus clown. Oh, a circus clown. Yeah. That's not a reason. It was. He came, he came and did a presentation. Yeah, I'm more yeah. of a rodeo clown, man. Yeah, no, he was not a rodeo clown. Yeah, well, I got nothing to say to that dork then. Sorry, Jason, That's what do you want to awesome. rap about? Well, so uh, I had a topic, but I just got done recording the latest Classic Comics Cavalcade. Ooh, and I had I on a guy who wrote the history of um, American Comic Shop. Oh, and neat. And we were talking about the best comic shops these days. And he says, there's one shop I got to mention, Legend Comics and Coffee. Nice. That's a shop I love. I would go into that every day if I was in Omaha, and they combine comics and coffee in the most perfect possible way. Nice. That's so cool. Well, they won an Eisner Award for it and everything. Yeah, it's true. They did. So, yeah. um, yeah, that that was just a really cool little uh, little thing I had to share with you guys. I like to think that I won an Eisner Award. You didn't. It, technically. I, I, you weren't even there anymore. Yeah, I was. No. <laughs> yes, I was. Don't get me freaking started. Yeah, you've been in the room. <laughs> Have you been, been in the room? I've been in the room. We didn't win the year I was in the room, but... Uh, you didn't win nothing. Yeah. Who do you think put together the presentation for the Eisner oh, Committee? please. Me. Okay. Yeah. I have been nominated for four Eisners, and I've only won one time. <laughs> I just want to get nominated. I'm Eisner. Jason, I'm Eisner what? adjacent because I sleep next to Joe Patrick. I wonder if I wonder if uh, you know who's qualified to nominate people. Andrea, our friend Andrea, she can oh, Shockling she can? can send in uh, Eisner noms. Yeah, oh, because no she's kidding. a published creator. I would abuse that no, power they, they so quick. Do, they actually do read everything. Yeah, um, really. I have a, I, my friend Jimmy Robinson's on was on the voting committee this year. Oh, nice kidding and Jim, jimmy said they actually get in the room every few weeks and read everything and wow. compare notes and like create short lists and stuff it's a very formalized process that's all i don't even think the oscar committee does that i think they're just like yeah <laughs> we should vote for them they're cool they, they, they haven't seen all yeah, 10 they were, they were so nice at lunch that one day we should vote for them you know it's like the guy that goes to the oscar party that's only seen three of them right right, right. Three of the yeah <laughs> i voted for the black movie because i'm forward thinking <laughs> Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> In other words, he's like all the rest of us, right? He hasn't seen any of them. Yeah. Right. Now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Definitely. Hey, <laughs> I steal everyone from the internet every year and watch them all. I do it. That's wow. Those are what my a, screeners. What a proud procl- <laughs> proclamation. 
what else is going on, Jason? So question of the week. Yeah. Question of the week is I, I'm wrestling with how to answer this question because I have like a concept on how we do it, which is somehow get the people who go to see these movies to buy the freaking comics. Yes. Yeah. How do we make that happen? So like when the when Avengers makes 1.2 billion is about to pass Avatar. Like how many people have actually set foot in a comic shop or even bought like a Marvel graphic novel at the soon to be non-existent Barnes and Noble? Right. Yeah. Uh, so Thomas Branch in the chat mentioned something about this a few minutes ago. He said the best thing the industry could do is have actual comic adaptations of the TV and films that they make to draw in fans of the show. And they do that a little bit, but they're like yeah, side but, stories or they're like, digital only. Didn't we learn that those just don't sell? I mean, isn't there a reason we don't do comic they adaptations don't. anymore? They don't sell. Yeah. And now, now we get like Marvel does like prelude to Spider-Man right. Far From Home and it's just an adaptation of Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but it does seem like when it, Marvel, for example, they definitely, they definitely did stuff like prequel Star Wars stuff and prequel Avengers stuff that does sell. I mean, like they pop up in the top 10, you know, comics. Really? Yeah, they really do. So, I mean, like, I think that works. I think that is, but even that is still, you're just preaching to the choir. I, I think DC is probably on the right track with those Walmart comics, but they need to be, yeah. they need to be everywhere. Yeah. Like, not just like Walmart. newsstand comics were right. when we were kids. Right. We, we just how need come, to, yeah. How come comics are not in like the newsstand at my grocery store anymore? How come they're not there? Yeah, I don't know. You're telling me there's more guns and ammo readers than there is Spider-Man readers? I hope not. Oh, you know, <laughs> probably. Okay, what about the sexy probably, girl probably. and like low rider truck? You know, magazine. Yeah, low, uh, what is their readership mini, like? Mini trucker magazine. Right. You tell me, mini trucker magazine has a higher readership than Batman? <laughs> I find that hard to believe. That might not be true. I ho I don't want to live in that fucking world. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think the trick is putting the con is not expecting them to come to us. We need to go to them. Mm -hmm. We need to go to the places right. where they are. Yes. And we just don't do a good enough job of it. Them. They. They. Those those they. people those people you know <laughs> normals. Well, because like er, like if you if you walk around anywhere right, you see so many people wearing Captain America t shirts yeah. or Iron yeah. Man jackets or whatever it might be. Right, everyone's wearing this stuff, but how many people actually have read this these comics and are, are like like picking them up every month? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, even if they get a taste for it, like everyone kind of vaguely knows there's comics out there of this stuff, but. <sighs> No one actually reads it. I yeah. Know. And so it like turns us like, it really is like our industry is becoming is and not even becoming. And now basically it just is this internet this intellectual property building mm -hmm. organization. Yeah. Well, Marvel did get bought by Disney and Disney are the kings of intellectual property. How many adults yeah. that do you know that you see wearing Winnie the Pooh gear are going home and watching old Winnie the Pooh cartoons? Probably none of them. But they just I True. just love it. I just love it. You know, I just yeah. add Tigger. He I mean, bounces around. Like, 10 oh. years ago, 11 years ago, if you'd asked 10 people on the street, how many of them would know who Tony Stark is? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And now he's a household, like literally a household name, the character of Tony Stark. People right. flocked to see a, a movie about Ant-Man, right? Yeah, absolutely. I so I, yeah, I just, I wish it translated into higher sales, but I just don't know the answer other than, Going to where they are and putting it in their faces. Exactly. Yeah. Or handing them out at the movie theater. I don't know. 
That's a good idea. I mean, we've that done that before. Be... Our comic shop used to do that. Yep. We would set up and, and we had like leftover free comic book day stuff and we'd be like, hey, check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out. Uh, you know? Marvel put out Marvel put out Bendis's first issue of Daredevil for a quarter. Yeah. And we sat in front of the theater and handed out Daredevil comics in advance of that terrible movie. And then we stood outside the theater afterwards and apologized. Sorry, sorry. And said, the comics are way better than this piece of shit. <laughs> Promise you that. <laughs> oh, God. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go hit the hiking trail. All, All right, right, Jason. Yeah. Hey, if you guys, Jason Sachs fans, rejoice. He'll be on the show this week. That's right. And check out Classic Comics Cavalcade. It's an excellent podcast. Yeah, if for all you comic, comic historian nerds out there, Appreciate it. and I does not, it's not spelled with all K's. That was a joke last time I brought that up. I apologize. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, have a great weekend. <laughs> we'll talk to you later, Jason. You guys too. Thanks. The phone line is open, and we wants to talks to you. Uh, Thomas Branch, going away from floppy comics would be tough as vinyl is experiencing a renaissance and resurgence. Some people have said that books are beginning to surge back both due to the shifting demographics of customers. Yeah. Comics may do the same thing. <sighs> Thanks for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? It's Brian Domingos. Brian Domingos. What's up, Brian? How are you, sir? Good. What's going on, guys? Kicking it. Just rapping about comics. Talking about the comic business. What yeah. do you want to rap about? Curing all the ills. Yeah, we're solving problems today. Um, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty... Um, it's, it's an interesting... Uh, week to have the question of what would we do to fix comics when things seem in disarray a little bit. Yeah. Um, they, so you're elected the king of comics. What does Brian do? What is your first edict? Um, well, you know what I was, and it's something that I, I think would help um, you guys and your medium. Um, but I think solicitations need to change the way they write them. I agree. Um, and, and they should probably with new um, writers have phonetic spelling of the, the creator names. Not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, that would be helpful. Not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. like I mean, I think it's fantastic that we're finding all these amazing creators in South America and Italy and you know uh, Eastern Europe. But tell me how to say their names. I like I'm an that, ignorant American moron. Well, like I have a hard time pronouncing that, some American names. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, and and that's kind of what I was thinking. Like you know, you've got this whole like this really this new diversity thing, which is amazing, and and you know who. I don't care who someone is, if they are a great artist or right. whatever, like that's awesome. I mean, I do if they're a bad person, but you know what I mean? Sure, like sure. where they're from or, or their background. So um, having with, you know, as this is sort of like a, a spin into, oh, there's, you know, we have people from, from different cultures and different backgrounds, but we're just going to type their name and then good luck. Right. Like it, there should be some sort of, if it's not in the solicitation in the press release, it should be in the first interview that they do. Um, on Newsarama or wherever, you know, there yeah. has to be something because it, it gives you, you know, it gives yeah. everyone. I mean, how many people have mispronounced like Bill Sienkiewicz for forty years? Yeah, you know, yep. like these, these people and and you know, and I mean, he's just a, you know, Eastern European background, but it's like these things are they're they're prominent and why not? Yeah, like, you know, absolutely. I think, I think that would help, and it, and it gives a little more inclusion, and then you're not like butchering some poor guy or poor lady's name and then saying sorry, like, right? You obviously like I know and they know you're well-meaning, but like it's not great, <laughs> you know. But, right. but what's the alternative? Like it's not like unless or in their like Twitter bio, it should have how you pronounce their name, like something like that. Like we we need to have a little more help, um, especially with an all audio format that you guys are in. And right, you know, think of all the the YouTube reviews where 
you know, you're talking out loud. Like ty- you could type all day and, and everyone goes, sure, I know what that says, whether they know how to pronounce it or not. But I think it's helpful. Right yeah. on. Yeah, I like it. I don't know if it helps with sales, but it helps get those people's names out, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, sales is a different issue. And I don't, you know, I mean, the, the, it was like reading like the, the most miserable obituary yesterday, just going through Twitter and all the people being sad about vertigo and me, you know, yeah. me feeling like the feeling of, ugh, like it's, you know, it's hard. Like, I mean, we're, we are of the age of, you know, around 2000, the, the, the super, like the perennials had already come out and it was like a, a slight new generation of like hundred bullets right. and, yeah. and right. you know, um, the losers and, and Lucifer and all that. But like, you know, people now, like it is, it is what it is. Like vertigo is, is a name of, it's a, it's a name of quality and to see it kind of go away is sad, but at the same time, do you, you know, want, if people aren't buying the books, what yes. are you going to do? Right. Let, me, let me ask you this. And, and I think we're a long time past vertigo's. Yes. It's heyday, like being a, the old a gray mare. She yeah. ain't what she used to be. You know, I mean, let's 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 call it what it is. It's time passed. I'm sorry, but it, I think it is time for Vertigo to go. So I heard this anecdote, uh, and I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, apparently Karen Berger wasn't super in touch with other things going on in the comic industry. Like she didn't know what Saga was. Oh, really? After it, like kicked the door down at Image and had this huge debut. Really? Yeah, so... How do you miss that? I don't know. Yeah, like, so I, I feel like Vertigo, you know, it... it th- there was this meeting, right? And... and it's like, what if, what if Bud Selig didn't know that the San Diego Padres were a team, you know? Sure. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, like, there was this meeting of editors at Vertigo, and they're like, all these creators are going to image to publish books that we should be publishing. What's the deal? And Karen Berger's like, what's Saga? I don't never heard of it. No. Like, and this was like seven months in, into oh, its Lord. run. So it's like not being connected to the trends of the industry right. and, and the needs of creators. I, right. I think they kind of got away from what they were so good at. In the '90s, yes, and I and I think bringing Sandman back for its own little corner of the universe and stuff—that's not going to save Vertigo for the third time. You're going to get yes. Sandman readers, and that's it. That's it. And like the Vertigo that we loved, the spirit of Vertigo, that late '90s, early 2000s Vertigo—it lived in its time. It did its job. It changed comics. It's gone, and it yeah, has. It's, I mean, it's just gone. I'm sorry, and it's time to let it go. Like Karen Berger not knowing what Saga is is really startling like yeah not because it's like you should know what saga is but it's like brian k vaughn had like the biggest probably the biggest 2000s hit yeah yeah right like post preacher post transmat absolutely like all that stuff. Like, you're not keeping the, up with the, the guy that wrote why the last like, man you're not keeping up with right. <laughs> how do you, how are you not like calling him once a month and saying hey when are we doing our next book together exactly yeah, right for sure right and well so, yeah like, so, he's cranking like out paper really- girls and saga and and mean you know, all these other books why are you not doing it at dc where they where you were made famous without dc comics we so, don't even know brian k vaughn yeah i mean he did minor marvel stuff but it doesn't matter no, you know? no. i mean it was nothing back he got then. famous at, um, yeah his, he, his hit mystique series he got famous at dc no question oh uh, yeah that, that book was not good no um yeah, it's um and the so that but also uh, Joe when you say that they, you know they're not in touch with the trends. It's also kind of like that was their success. I think for a long time, like they were the trend. Yeah. So it, it's it's a weird line of like 
don't worry about do what we do. We don't worry about what other people do. Right. But it's like how much how far into that yeah. bubble were they? Vertigo like, Vertigo and, used to set the trends. Yeah. And then Right. Yeah. They didn't. I mean you, you the, they would copy and move along. And um, I mean, how many characters in the nineties were John Constantine, you know, light yep. with their yeah. trench coat and, mm-hmm. the, and cigarette and the British accent and all that. And it's like Joe Patrick um, always likes to say, they crawled up their own butt. <laughs> He's always saying that. <laughs> that sounds just like me. <laughs> sounds yeah, just like you get me. For crawling up your own ass. There you go. <laughs> Brian. I, I think he does say, but, but does sound right though. That sounds yeah, like Joe. He yeah. Would say but. Yeah. Hey, yeah. It's I'm a the fun word. All right. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, it's always lovely to talk to you. We got some other people that are calling in and I assume they're going to yell at me for saying, I'm sorry. It's time for Virgo to go. Probably. Good luck with that. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Have a good Brian. one. Later. Yeah, I mean, like, was I? Am I upset to see Virgo disappear? Of course. Yeah, I mean, it is it's sad. sad. It's sad, but it's been a while since I've been like legit excited right. it's about time. a Vertigo book. Uh, it, some of the books from their most recent relaunch sounded promising until they either didn't come out or got canceled due to scandal. Yeah, instantly. Yeah, and, and taken somewhere else. Right. So where they can be handled better, which is just insanity. It's, right. It's just that in that in and of itself was well, the final straw. Outside of the whole like being out of touch thing, the parent company's crackdown on content is ludicrous. Yeah. You've got a mature reader's imprint for a reason. Right. Why even bother? Right. And you, the PR that you're going to get when a group of religious zealots write Marvel demanding that they cancel a DC book, you know, like that's great PR. Exactly. Like there's no such thing as bad PR and referencing the good omens thing this week, you know, yeah, where yeah. you had, oh, like, yeah. And both Amazon and Netflix totally capitalized on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Netflix was like, Hey, please don't tell them about the chilling adventures of Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> the memes were hilarious. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover caller. Who this? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Kent Nerd. Kent hey, Nerd. what's up? How are you? I'm doing okay. Just walking the doggy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you want to rap about this week? Uh, I figured I would uh, answer your question of the week. Okay. Uh, I just went on the forums quick to check what it was before dialing in. And, yeah. Got to got to smash that Monopoly. Yes. Got to get rid of uh, Diamond. Diamond's I mean, got to go. Like that's the, the, Diamond's got to go. Or, you know, Diamond's got Diamond, Diamond's got to share. Diamond you know, needs some healthy uh, competition. I, yeah, I'm gonna they, go into they, it. They need some healthy competition. You know, what? I'll just go into my answer right now. I'm a, I'm with you 100. Diamond has to go, but yeah. I think the companies themselves need to get together and figure out their own goddamn shipping, just like record labels, just like record yeah, labels. They yeah, the companies re- put yeah. themselves in this position. I don't blame Diamond yeah. for taking the monopoly that they took. They were allowed to take it. It was a good business decision. It was handed to them. Yeah. It yeah. was a good decision yeah. for Diamond. You can't blame them for that. But now yeah. they yeah. are the only monster in town and they need to be killed. Yeah. <laughs> and they and it and it, and, and just from conversations with the the, the the loner the owner of the loner, the owner of my local comic book shop, like they, they do have such a stranglehold and and I know that some retailers really do try to look for alternatives in, in ordering from smaller uh, spaces or ordering from the yeah. publishers that do you know do have direct sales but like that yeah it, it it really is is baffling and i also know that for publishers getting into diamond and the struggle to even get that representation in the marketplace yeah is like 
it's, t- really, it's really, really tough. Like, uh, Diamond, uh, Diamond set a uh, a minimum for sales numbers uh, for the books that they would allow to be in the catalog. Right. And that yeah. number is impossibly high for new creators getting started on unknown mm-hmm. properties. Yeah, you are, you are effectively censoring people for being new. Yeah, and if for we being didn't new have, or not being rich. And if we didn't have things like Twitter or the internet, these people would be shit out of luck. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it, and I don't understand how the music industry figured it out and broke it up and became their own. And like, because I can, I can go and find any kind of weird esoteric black metal grindcore, you know, gore grind bullshit that I want and order it. Gore and get grind? It, oh, yeah, it's a real thing. And get it no problem. <laughs> but for some reason, comics. There is this one-headed cyclopean monster that decides what I get to read. Yeah. You yeah. know, like get, what gets to show up in my shop. Anyway. I mean, we're not telling you anything you don't already know, Jim, because you've got your comic that you're putting out, and I've seen you like oh, yeah. posting about writing letters to companies, trying to get your book out there. Oh. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's you know, um, uh, oh, actually, well, I have a, well, I have a, I have a, a wee bit of news on that. Um, oh. Me and my buddy uh, Keen. Yeah, uh, I <laughs> I could technically maybe get busted for this. I don't think it's ah, official. Bullshit. It's not a publishing thing yet. But Nobody listens we, uh, to this show. We, You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we we signed we signed with an agent to um to help us rep our uh, YA sci-fi sci-fi comic. That's nice. awesome. So, that is totally so, so, awesome. But, but it's, and and it's like it's that kind of thing that can be a helping hand to like get with a publisher or whatever but 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 no with self-publishing and even like my previous um silver sprocket is a is a publisher who's who's put out some of my uh like short stories and their anthologies and stuff Mm -hmm. and they're a great small boutique publisher and they worked their butts off for years to get into that now they have a diamond section but like they have like critically uh, acclaimed books and really cool creators and you know just just do represent like a really cool corner of indie comics but they but mainstream comic shops would have no clue about them yeah mm-hmm. absolutely if they didn't if they didn't like batter down the door to try to be like hey look we're real we're a real publisher yeah um it, it's and, and it's gotta and be especially when you're talking about like a medium where the biggest most successful comics the supermans the wolverines the batmans are selling a hundred to 150,000 issues a month. And you've got this company yeah. that's coming in and saying, hey, would you please order two copies of our comic? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so we can maybe sell 200 nationwide. I mean, my yeah. God, that is a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. Yeah. Um, I, I, lo- I love those small little boutique uh, publishers. Uh, Bergen Street mm-hmm. Press uh, out of Bergen Street Comics in New York uh, did, a, did great work. Uh, for a while, um, they are the originators of Copra. They're the ones that brought Copra to the yeah. masses. Yeah, uh, and they made that guy a, a name in the comic industry until he, yeah. and now he's like a star. Michelle Fifa is a, a bona fide like comic star. Bona fide. Bona yep. fide. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I, I love the books. Uh, like I'm. I'm reviewing two books this week that were put out by these tiny little guys. I don't even know if they're, I don't even know if they they're published through a publisher or if they're just like through sheer force of will. Well, I think like that is the future of this stuff. Is look, 
find these people that are willing to help you get your book out. And those people themselves, those small presses themselves, get together in co-ops and shit and put, mm, you, put yeah. your power together, you know, and come to printers and say, look, we can pay for X amount of printings of these 15 different books all together and we'll get a discount and then yeah. get on the net, get on the internet and, and find, you know, your spot where you market towards comic shops where comic shop owners can log in and be like, here's the alternative, you know, press expo suggestions or whatever, you know, and like yeah. become your own little punk rock diamond comics and control it. Take it and control yeah. it, just like indie rock did, you know, in the 90s yeah. and 2000s and, and make it yours. Build an industry. The, that's I mean, I, I would I would love to see that. I would really love to see that. It just seems like with the larger publishers, it's so political and it is based on mm. relationships. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It's, well, just, diamond over all of these years. Stuff. It's old thinking. Too. Um, it's old established thinking. Yeah, it, yeah, it's totally establishment thinking instead of even trying to think their way out of like the pit that they're in because the co comics needs to change for the industry to survive and thrive. Yeah, it's, um, it's not how know, do we solve the problem of the comics marketplace. It's how do we work around the problem, and that's not doing right. anyone <laughs> any good. You know what I mean? It's I, like, I agree. Why? Totally. Why yeah. cure cancer when we can just yeah, when we can learn how to with, live with it? We can help yeah. you with all the symptoms. <laughs> yeah, we can you know? help you with it. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, um, yeah. Before before I go, the other the other alternative that I did see that I really liked um, was when uh, Brian K. Vaughn was just selling the PDFs directly for like yeah, private panel eye. syndicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah panel syndicate. It's such a great like, idea. And, and it, it that was a cool model, and it was cheap, and it was like. Hey, I'm gonna make this this really good comic, very affordable, digitally, just like buy it on my website. Yeah, I mean that's like, that's where the done. business goes if these like press if the presses don't get their shit together. That's where the business goes. Just I mean like yeah. look, again a music reference. Look at like Radiohead made more money than they'd ever made when they right. ditched their label and put their own shit out. You know, uh, put their own record out. Nine Inch Nails. I heard an interview with Trent Reznor. He made more money on that first record that he put out on his website, you know, and said, pay whatever you want. Yeah. He made more money on that than he ever saw for pretty hate machine. That's insanity. <laughs> I mean, these yeah, are, these are suggestions like, that really only work if you are Brian K. Vaughn or Trent Reznor sure. or Radiohead. And I agree, but yeah. that's where it starts. Sure. That's yeah. where it starts. Yeah. And then like just in Radiohead and Nine Inch Nails doing that stuff, all these other artists, these metal bands that couldn't get signed, hardcore bands that couldn't get signed, you know, like ska nerds that are trying to keep that bullshit alive. <laughs> they like put their own stuff out and they find their market, you know, and, yeah. and they can sell records and they can go play shows. You know, uh, the comic yeah. business needs to do the same oh. damn thing. So um, are you familiar with Periscope Studio, Jim? Uh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Pacific Northwest, um, it's guys like uh, Jeff Parker, Steve Lieber. Oh, right, right. Um, it's a helioscope. Oh yeah, they changed the name. Yeah, helioscope. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because there was already a periscope something. I can't maybe. Remember. Yeah. Um, it, I think. Yeah, like, they're right here in Portland. Yeah. So the idea of like a, a an artistic studio like that becoming their own publisher. Right. You know what I mean? Kind of like that, you suggested yeah. with the music. Yeah. Um, you become right. labels and be just like this is it this is Heli Helioscope Publishing it's Jeff Parker's new graphic novel mm -hmm. Steve Lieber's thing 
you know, and all this other stuff that you can get directly from them. Right. And you've got Kickstarter, that, yeah. you've got GoFundMe that are already there. And they were like, hey, we don't know how many we're going to sell. So based on our Kickstarter numbers, that's what we'll print. Yeah. And this is a group of established creators. So, right. it, you know, yeah. their name's out there. Cover People price, know who they are. Cover price you, is going to be two ninety nine. dollars is a really good example. When you kickstart yeah. two ninety nine and you throw two ninety nine, you get the first issue. And we know, oh, yeah. look, a thousand people paid two ninety nine to see this issue. Here is a thousand issues, run of a thousand, first print, boom, they're collectible now. Yeah. Second issue, Joe. Joe, that 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 uh, your helioscope suggestion is really great because a a studio like that has some you know bigger established names like Steve Lieber and Jeff Parker, but they also have like newer talent as well. Yes, they do. So yeah. yeah, that could really be like the kind of forum where it's like, hey, it's an inclusive studio with some familiar faces and some. Like people who you love, if you got to read their stuff, mm-hmm. and yeah, I would love to see that. Um, totally. Anyway, I want to get back to my dog walk. Thanks for all right. Thanks for griping about the industry. With we you yeah, thank we you. We saved Jim. the world. Jim. I think we did it. We just saved comics. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, we figured it out. You're welcome, all right. everybody. All right, k- kiss Tortellini for me. <laughs> I will. All right, bye. talk bye to you later. Phone line is open. Sorry, we, we ran. Off. I gave it's Jim twelve eighteen already. Time. <laughs> the phone line is still open. We've been saving comics all day long. We didn't even. I want to get back to what you were saying about uh, Newsarama and Superman Year One. Yes, it becomes so goddamn painfully obvious who is accepting money and giving good reviews when you have a book like Superman Year One, which universally bad you i no one is going to read it and be like hey that kicked ass you know like no it was bizarre i mean and not like bad in a like you fucked up and did some like really bad stuff not just a poorly executed comic yeah and they give it seven out of ten stars yeah i mean like there must be frank miller diehards out there that probably loved it but is there it's i wouldn't call them diehard at this point i call them apologists sure right, right you can't be a diehard anymore you are just an apologist uh, so Michael Bettendorf says, I was talking to a friend last night about this. He hasn't read a ton of comics, and part of it is it's so intimidating because there's over 50 years of material, 80 years of material, yeah. and he has no idea where to start. I always offer my recommendations to people for where to start or tell them to physically go to a comic shop and ask versus just buying something online and hoping they didn't buy the wrong stuff. That's what comic shops are for. Okay, and any good comic shop will help you get started with with comics. Absolutely, if you're interested. And if they don't, go to a different comic shop. Yeah, exactly. Now, this argument, I've heard it so many times, and I'm sorry, it's just complete bullshit. It's bullshit. I mean, I understand, but when we were kids, it's bullshit. There's nothing else in your life. Think of one other thing in your life that doesn't have history behind it that you've you know, walked into and went, oh, I can't listen to rap music. They've been making rap music for 40 years but now. Rap, rap Where music, do I start? Rap you music know? isn't a serialized medium of continuing stories. I, it's well, not. I, it's apples and oranges. I mean, I agree, but at the same time, bullshit. Just go pick up a comic book. Do you, you think Spider-Man's cool? Go pick up a Spider-Man comic. It doesn't matter where you start. I mean, I agree with you. It's more where you go. I agree with you, but I do understand why some people might be intimidated or just think like there's just too much i'm not even gonna bother i agree with you though i think that yeah just try it right try it just pick one up every issue they go they go out of their way so painfully sometimes to like set you a jumping on point or have sure. the character have what? a long narrative box in the beginning to remind you what happened for the last two issues sure you know? i mean but also you know there's a little bit of common sense you know at play here it's like you wander into the comic shop and you see 
something something issue three. Right. Well, okay. See if you can find number one. Yeah. Or ask. Yeah, right. And and, like, and if they can't, they'll go, oh, you know what? You don't want to jump on there anyway. You want to jump on here. Read this. Yeah, this or find a comic where the storyline is clearly labeled part one. You know? Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's Detective Comics 1011. Right. It's part one. Right. So, and it's Batman. Yeah. So you understand Batman. And just try it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just think it's a bullshit argument, and I think it's it's a lazy argument. And if you honestly feel that, then you don't care that much, and you're probably not going to go check it out anyway. So... And I hope you I hope you die. Wow. I hope okay. you fall down and I hope you hit your head and you're locked in your body with that weird locked in syndrome and you can move your eyes and you can understand and hear everything. But like people are just like, oh no, he's deaf, dumb, and blind. But inside you're like, no, I'm trapped in here. You know? That's what I hope happens. Well, this has gone on a journey. Yeah. Uh, hope you're locked in. Our friend Patrick says, revitalizing the industry is easy. Bring back amalgam. <laughs> yeah. Get uh, excitement get excitement going by having an amalgam movie with yeah. the Marvel and DC cinematic universe. Yeah, that's what we need. Well, I would be into that. But uh yeah. Those Th- studios are never gonna Thomas be. Branch uh brings up a really good point in the chat where he says another problem for new readers is a starting point ever so often true believer or image number blah, or image offer one dollar comics pop up with origin info. That's not a bad idea. Imi- like who was it? Uh Vertigo actually not too too long ago was doing like one dollar first issues where you check it out i think every first issue that isn't a spider-man a superman a, a x-men or a batman anything new make it a dollar make it a dollar yeah give it a chance vertigo a, used to do it one image used dollar to do it. and people will check it out or cheap first volume trades Right. Oh, or yeah. Both actually. Do both. both. Do both. Yeah. First issue is a dollar, and then the first, first trade is ten bucks. The first trade is ten bucks for six issues. Yep. Bang. Yeah. That is how you get people involved. You not lower get... the barrier of entry. Yes. Because yeah. right now, if you're looking, like we had the question the other week where we said twenty bucks a week. That's what you're spending. You get five books. Everybody pick, and everybody went Ugh. because it. I mean, at three ninety nine, an average issue. What can you possibly do unless you have thousands of dollars of disposable income and nothing else to do with your life? Right. What it's going to make you go out and be like, I want to investigate this stuff. I want to check this out. Well, I mean, that's, that's where I think the point about the movies comes back into play. It's like these movies are obviously hits and the characters are beloved. People are into them. Why doesn't that translate to comic sales? Right. And I think it's just because people are apathetic about reading comics. Well, I, pe- people are apathetic about reading, period. It's sure. not just comics. It's magazine. It's books. I mean, the entire reading industry has yeah. definitely gone down, whereas video games and movies make money. So, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, we are going to continue to preach to that choir that does want to read this stuff, but we shouldn't be punishing them at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. We should not be punishing them. And I don't know if that means you make stuff cheaper or Frank Cirillo's saying print on cheaper paper and stuff like that. Even that's only temporary because that price is going to come back up. Right. You know? Thank you for calling THN. Cover to cover. Caller, who this? Hey, guys. It's Anthony. How you doing? Hey, Anthony. Anthony. Let me turn you down a little bit. You're, you're blowing up on us here. There we go. What do you want to wrap about today, oh. buddy? Um, I'm, you know, I'm not currently listening. I'm wondering if anyone's mentioned that tomorrow is the 30th anniversary of Batman 89. Oh, really? That's right. That is this weekend. Um, I, you know, and I, I was going to watch it, 
but I'm, I'm afraid it doesn't hold up at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Have you seen it recently? Does it hold up? No, I haven't. I, I, it doesn't hold up for me. I don't necessarily want to watch it, but <laughs> I just wanted to reminisce a little because, uh, this movie actually brought me back, well, brought me back, brought me into the store. Uh, I went with a friend of mine at the time to my first comic store and I picked up Batman year three, part one. Nice. Yeah. And that was my very first nice. comic book. See, and that's, that's but, the difference between we were just talking about why these huge comic book movies come out and nobody goes to the comic shop to buy stuff. Back when Batman came out, 89. Batmania, baby. Holy it was a thing. crap. Yeah. Comic shops were not ready for that crap. It was nuts. Well, that was also pre-collapse. Yeah. Uh, before the market collapse, uh, when comics were regularly selling hundreds of thousands, if not millions of yeah, copies. Yeah, millions of issues yeah. at the time. Um, like, it was commonplace for, for issues of Batman and Superman to sell. Right. Many, many, many times what they sell now. Yeah. Unfortunately, video games still sucked back then, so we had to read comic books. <laughs> sure, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> but I wanted to give you guys this little piece of uh, info that coincidentally I came across. Okay. And so I am currently doing a back issue read. I'm doing a Mike Grell Green Arrow reread. Nice. From, from, and they're from my original issues. So in the... If you guys remember, uh, in the inside cover of, of the issues from back in late 80s, they had uh, DC News on the inside cover. Yeah, I remember this. And I've been reading these, and they've been very fun to read. So, uh, like, in, in 1988, when these issues were coming out, uh, DC was very excited about a Superboy TV series that was going to premiere. Oh, man, I forgot that. Yep. And they, they were very excited about it. They were also excited about a Arnold Schwarzenegger, John McTiernan-directed Sergeant Rock movie. <laughs> Holy shit, I'm oh, glad we didn't well, get that. I am but, I'm mad we oh, didn't get it. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> to me, my howling commandos. That's Nick Fury. Oh, yeah. But the reason I'm bringing this up is that in Green Arrow 15, the cover date was February 89. And so I have to assume that the news item was written months before that. It says, they say that Sean Young was originally cast as Vicki Vale, and she had to drop out of the movie due to a injury she sustained. And now Kim Basinger will be replacing her. Yeah. And I've never heard that before. Yeah, huh. that's true. Sean Young was supposed to be a, a part of the Batman She was movies. so hot back then. Yeah. Sean Young, ooh, smoking hot. I, I, now, I thought that she was the. I thought that she was the original choice to play Catwoman in Batman Returns, but I might be wrong about that. I don't know, but you had to be blonde to be hot back then. This is like the, the, I mean, Kim Basinger. She was all hair and eyes and <laughs> curves in all the right places. Terrible actress, but her she, elevator went all the way to the top. That's right, baby. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, so, I, is, so that. So that's fact. That. Sean Young was really supposed to play Vicky Vale. I I don't. I've heard that. That's definitely. I don't think that's like urban myth or anything. I've definitely heard that. But whether it's a fact, eh, we might have to ask Jason Sachs about that. He might know more. I'm googling Sean Young Batman right now. Oh, that, there we go. All right, yeah. So Sean Young failed to be in the Batman movies twice. Oh no, kidding. <laughs> this is the headline of this article. Um, let's see. So scroll, it was Vicky scroll, Vale scroll. and Catwoman. It's got to be. 
Uh, all right. So, uh, Sean Young was originally cast as Vicky Vale, but she broke her arm while practicing horseback riding for an action sequence that ended up being deleted from the finished film. As Vicky Vale? There was a horse riding sequence in Batman that got cut. What? Uh, all right. So, yeah, Young had to be replaced. Uh, Young was determined not to let an, uh, another opportunity get away from her, and when the sequel was announced, she organized a massive covert operation to convince Tim Burton to let her play Catwoman. Uh, in a now infamous Hollywood moment, uh, Sean Young showed up to Burton's production office without any prior warning in a homemade Catwoman costume oh boy. to lobby for an audition. Instead, she was immediately escorted off the premises. She's like walking up, and Michelle Pfeiffer's walking out. She's yeah. like, hey, Sean. Hey, Michelle, check this out. And she's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I really like it. Uh, I, I got to go. Uh, <laughs> Young, Young later appeared on talk shows like The Joan Rivers Show, which is on YouTube if you want to see it, uh, in the outfit in an effort to win the part. But the campaign failed and Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay, so there it is. Yes, true. Yeah. So Absolutely true. She wanted to be Ever? in Batman so bad, she tried to stalk Tim Burton. Good God. <laughs> For sure. All right, well. Uh, I'm gonna let you guys go, I, Anthony. I love those old. We do it uh, every once in a while. We do a segment on the show uh, called the Wizard Wayback Machine. Yeah, we gotta do another one of those. Yeah, those we are do. Fun. Where uh, we like go back to like we, an '80s issue of Wizard magazine or something. Where we like, read like all the all the rumors and stuff about the movies, and they are almost always wrong, and they are hilarious. Oh, they're so good, Anthony. Thanks for your call, brother. Well, Have I'll, a good one. Wait, I'll leave you. I leave you with this. Okay. Uh, another the the one I just read. A Terry Gilliam directed Watchmen movie. I remember that. That was oh. in that was in production. Weird. Yes, that was happening and, and got shut down. And, he, and they were promoting it. Oh yeah, I remember that. Bizarre. Woo. All, All right. right. Thanks, guys. Have a Thank good you, one, Anthony. All right. Okay. Let's shut this nightmare Woo. down. Uh, well, we gotta check and see. Do we have voicemails? Do we have any? Voicemails? We have some voicemails. Yes. All right. Yeah, lots of comments here about the price of comics and how it feels like Marvel is trying to push people out. Um, Adam Wednesday says, it feels like Marvel is slowly trying to uh, test the waters for a four ninety nine price point for a standard 20-page comic. Oh, I feel like they've been doing that for a while. Uh, yeah, Thomas, Thomas Branch says, Young went on Letterman, gushing about wanting to be Catwoman. Uh, it was borderline creepy. <laughs> Uh, Patrick Kavanaugh says, oh, the way you get money for comics is that you have a dog instead of kids. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, that's true. I have, yeah, I have two dogs instead of kids. That was my mistake. One dog, I'd be able to afford more comics. So, But it's cool. We're getting- oh, Micah, uh, the, Micah asks, uh, what game is playing in the background? That is Super Metroid. Uh, on oh, the Super yeah. Nintendo. This is it's a Super uh, Metroid long like playthrough. Mm-hmm. It's a screensaver. It's, I can't look away from it. I've been staring at it all Yeah, episode. Joe Patrick has this ADD thing that he needs to be medicated for. He can't help it. Pretty flashing lights. They get him. Yeah, they do. It's true. All right. John from Jersey. I love this guy. Take it away, Johnny. Greetings, nerds. This is John from Jersey calling in with my answer to the question of the week. The change I would like to see brought to the comic book industry revolves mostly around Marvel and DC. I would very, very much like to see a reduction in the number of monthly titles. Yes. I don't think that most of the characters who currently are getting monthly titles can actually support them in the volume they're being produced. 
there's only so many Black Widow or, frankly, Ghost Rider or any other number of character stories that you can tell before they start to get repetitive. Most of these characters are supporting characters or team characters. They're not solo title characters. And once upon a time, Marvel and DC understood this. They had anthology series for these characters. They put them on teams and created team-up books where they could be featured and loved without becoming boring and overdone. I think if Marvel and DC could each reduce not to 52, but maybe to 25 ongoing titles, put really strong creative teams on them, and make them compelling tent poles around which the rest of their universes function, they could then sell an equal number of miniseries that rotate through characters that would be compelling in their own way. I just think that right now they're expecting us to buy more and more comics to make up for the fewer and fewer readers who are doing the same. Yes, and that's definitely. just not going to work. I don't care about that many of these creatures and characters to be able to buy that number of comics on a monthly basis. But if you had a core 20 that I could follow and get the complete Marvel story, I might buy all 20 of them. In any event, I'm off to go see Endgame about five more times just so I can really stick it to James Cameron. <laughs> Until DC gets their act together, meet mine Marvel. Uh, yeah, that's something we didn't talk about is that uh, Avengers Endgame is going back into theaters with added scenes. Yes. Just literally. Just to stick Fuck that you, middle Cameron. finger right up James Cameron's butt. Uh, I did it. I said it. Stick there it up you your go. butt. Stick it up your butt, no, James Cameron. Crawling up your own butt. Yeah, That's your right, Sorry, yeah. You crawled up your own butt. Uh, mm-hmm. at which I think it's hilarious, and I think they're going to succeed. <laughs> I think so, too. I hope so. It's sad. I don't want to live in a world where Avatar is still the highest grossing film. Yeah. I don't want to. So. No, I don't either. I don't disagree with what uh, he was saying, John was saying about, yeah, we need to decrease the amount of books. Totally. That is also a double-edged sword because then it gets harder for new voices to come in, you know. I mean, I think if we're talking about the big two, though. Right. Where it's like, this is the story of Marvel, the Marvel Comics universe. Yeah. This is the story of the DC Comics universe. It's, right. Where it's easier to follow. I mean, I like it when there's weird miniseries about side characters like Mr. Miracle. Sure. Right, getting his own book. Yeah. But I do agree. Marvel especially, they're flooding the market. Yeah. They, they flood the market with variants. They flood the market with... Um, with separate titles, and it's all about getting that shelf space, baby. Absolutely. And Market it's share. too much. It's too much for any fan to follow. No, absolutely. Unless they own a comic book store. BS3. Take it away. Nerds, it's BS3. How you doing? It's been a while. Hey, uh, first of all, thank you, THN, for giving me great recommendations and always putting me on the right path. Wish I could remember who uh, recommended Tubi to watch uh, G.I. Joe Renegades, but you should know the Tubi app is like a free Hulu they sent me on a deep dive. They have all the different incarnations of G.I. Joe. They have the vehicle Voltron, the Lion Voltron cartoons. It's like a treasure trove of really? nostalgia uh, cartoons and bad action movies, like all the Jean-Claude Van Damme movies and nice. stuff like that. So, Tubi, <laughs> check it out. Second thing, thank you for putting me back on track with, uh, on track with uh, Invincible. Uh, Invincible is great, and I realized I had only read the first maybe 10 or 12 issues, but oh. uh, since the Bad Dads episode... Man, uh, I, I've started reading Invincible. Uh, I, I never anticipated where it was going. So, so you, good. You so got right up to the point of the time. bad dad. Uh, now, <laughs> as, as far as uh, Domingos' question, what to change about the business, the thing I want to change that I think would improve comics, not necessarily this, 
not necessarily the story, but comics, is uh, to compensate uh, our, our creators, uh, contracts, unions, health benefits, retirement plans, uh, creator ownership, and so without forth. Without a doubt. Without and a that's doubt. great. Profit uh, I, I think that we have lots of people who are overworked and underpaid who become jaded and bitter about the industry. It might affect their work. It just might if you're juggling a ton of projects. But it also makes me feel creepy as a buyer of comics if I know that, you know, people aren't being paid living wages in the first place. Yeah. And they'll, they'll be left um, dying on a bed alone uh, because they were never compensated for their work in the first place. So do that to change the business. Uh, um, have at it. I'll, I'll be a happier customer and gladly give my dollar. Okay. Uh, hope all's well, nerds. See ya. Uh, that's yeah, that's probably the best answer we've gotten all yeah. all all day. Uh, I mean, I like everyone else's answers, but really, like the biggest problem I think plaguing the industry is the fact that creators that are employees of these monolithic corporations right. uh, are not supported. And stop pretending like there's only money in the comics. That is not the case. Right. That is simply not the case. Like, oh, Mr. Starlin, we would love to pay you more for your Thanos work, but. I'm afraid those were from a day gone by. Bullshit. Now, Marvel does pay royalties, and they I'm do. sure that Starlin made some money yeah. off of this Infinity War stuff. Sure. But creators that aren't exclusives, that are freelance, right. they are still employees. Yes. And they deserve health care. Absolutely. At a minimum. Right. Like, I don't know what they make. I don't know, like a page rate. Like, yeah, if you're if you're coming on as like a freelance thing and you have like a two month deal or whatever, I get that. But if you're coming in and it's like, hey, you're going to work here for the next year or two years or whatever, yeah, you need to be taken care of. Yeah, you need to be taken care of for your time and and in case you get sick or your family or whatever. Right. Otherwise, you need to go into a different business. Yeah, it's awful the way the way the industry uh, cares for its creators is terrible. And we hear a lot about, like, Golden Age guys now and things like the Hero Initiative. There should not have been the necessity to right. form a charity right. to care for the people that invented Captain America. Yeah, that's or whatever. shamefully stupid. It's, it's criminal. Yeah. It's uh, gross. Like, the amount of money DC paid Siegel and Schuster, it was for rent. They had enough to pay the rent. Right. It was like $218 yeah. for the rights to Superman. And they had to fight tooth and nail for decades. Yeah. It's, it's just to get some money. It's sad and it's stupid. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's easy to say, well, we fix it by the unionize and whatever. Da, da, da. Sure. But even that doesn't work for everybody. That's not going to work for the smaller guys that are getting into it. Hopefully they can work into a position where you can be more powerful with the union and whatnot. But I don't know. I think the first, my opinion, the first way we fix comics is every comic shop in the United States agrees that we are going to have real sales records. Yes. We are going to put together a system where we check into whatever website and we go, Here's my sales. Yes. Here's my actual sales. So when Diamond comes to you and says, Hey, comic shop owners, guess what? J.J. Abrams is making a Spider-Man book, and there's 400 covers right here. You can look, and you can go, Okay, the last time we got Celebrity Name selling this crap, mm -hmm. how did it really sell? How did it really sell across the United States? What were those numbers? Right. 
You know, and they have a resource, and you can make an informed decision. I wouldn't worry so much about sales numbers if uh, they had returnability, like every other friggin' that's the other side of industry. This. That is the other side of this. Yes, make it returnable. Like you're, you're expecting. I can't stress enough. IDW, Dark Horse, uh, whatever. Fine, they're small potatoes compared to right. Fucking Disney and Disney Time and Warner, Warner Brothers, uh, yeah. AOL, Time Warner, whatever the hell the name of the company is now. AT&T Time Warner. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, they are some of the biggest corporations in the world. Disney is the biggest corporation in the world, right? right? Uh, and it's raking in billions and billions and billions of dollars right. from ideas generated from comic books by people that probably couldn't afford to go to the doctor if they wanted to. Yeah. And in their mind, it's a loss leader. They're like, oh, we don't make that much money off it. But, I mean, look where it, it feeds into this, you know, like profit later on in the Star Wars park or the, you know, the next movie or the TV series. Fine. Look at it as a loss leader yeah. and treat it that way and take care of the shops it, that are buying yeah, this shit. Like, I mean, we talked about creators and their healthcare issues, but do you know how many stories I've heard about small comic book retailers that got sick? Yeah. Well, guess what? You don't get insurance from owning a small business. Right. You have to pay for your own insurance. Yeah. Take care of this shit. You're, you are literally shitting where you're eating right now. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. And returnability, taking some of the stress off of the retailer's back. Yes. It's like, sure, I'll take a chance on your J.J. Abrams comic, but right. I want to be able to send back the ones that I don't sell. Right. I want sales numbers and I want returnability. Yeah. So we can make an informed friggin' decision. Thomas Branch brings up a great point. That is the reason why uh, George Perez... Uh, he says boom, but what the number one uh, example I think of is CrossGen, where they were able to woo all these huge name creators into an exclusive contract where they had to move to Florida. Right. Nobody wants to move to Florida. No. Um, People that live in Florida don't want to move. They to supported the creators. Right. Insurance, pay. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it didn't work. CrossGen ended up imploding, but. I don't think it was because they were taking care of their people. Right. It's, it's, they, nobody has anything bad to say about CrossGen. They got paid. They got taken care of. Unfortunately, the model couldn't sustain itself at the time. So. Well, and I think that the guy that ran it well, was dicey. Was he? Was he a sex criminal? <laughs> no, no, no. Nothing like that. I think uh, that he just had some weird ideas and they didn't all pan out. Oh, okay. But, uh, all right. So, my answer, uh, stop rebooting. Just stop. Yeah. Every Every... Every time a new number one comes out, I agree, is a greater opportunity for somebody to bounce than it is for somebody to jump on board. Absolutely. Uh, and I get, I get the point people have been making about about um, making them accessible, jumping on points. You can do that. You can still do that. Yeah. There's you no can, reason you, you can't can do that. You can clearly label storyline starts or jump on here, whatever. Yeah. That's what the cover's for. Put that shit on the cover. But stop restarting things with a new number one. Right. It will be easier on the, uh, it'll be easier to keep track of for the readers. And dear God, the comic shop owners that have to deal with this shit. Oh. But every, every new relaunch is an opportunity to lose readers. Absolutely. I mean, look at manga in Japan. They have it figured out. They have trained people to read, sit down and read these, you know, like thick yeah. paperback phone book size issues that come out every two months or something and it's just like naruto is on like issue four billion nobody cares right no one cares right they're reading it and they love it and the story like this stuff is legendary because the story is the vision of this creator carrying it through telling a great story and just doing the work 
We don't need the tricks. Just do the work. That's yeah. all we want. Good stories. Yeah. Just put out good comics. Yeah. Put out good comics. Uh, trust your readers. Yes. To figure it out. Don't make it more difficult. Stop. Stop treating us like babies. Stop beating us and stop crapping directly onto our heads. Yeah, like this J.J. Abrams comic, it's just a miniseries, but it's just called Spider-Man. It will be like the sixth comic just called Spider-Man. Yeah. It's dumb. Yeah. It's dumb. Absolutely. I'm not saying it should be J.J. Abrams' Spider-Man. No, certainly not. Like Frank Miller's RoboCop. But part of, part of that is also like stop flooding the market. Yeah. We don't need... 10 Spider-Man comics. No. You want J.J. Abrams to write Spider-Man? Fine. Let him write Give Amazing... Give him five issues of Amazing Spider-Man. Let him write Amazing Spider-Man for a few months. Yeah, right. Go ahead. Exactly. Do it. Um, but yeah, I just... This... The flooding the market, the constant number ones, I, I don't blame people for not wanting to keep up with yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. It's hard, enough for, it's hard enough for us, and we've literally lived it every day for 20 years. Truly, yeah. From our start in the comic shop... And even longer as fans. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we research this shit and read about it so we can talk about it on the internet, and it's still impossible to keep up. Yeah. And we do it wrong every week. Yeah, we do. God, we're bad at this. Yeah, we are. Thank you for watching us be bad at this today. It was a lot of fun. We got kind of heavy into the business aspect. We did, aspect. yeah. That's good. We, we got to do that shit every once in a while. Let people know that we're not just pretty faces. We got brains. <laughs> or, well, we like to tap into I'm the I'm not just of- a ripped up, hard-nippled sex machine. <laughs> I got uh, brains and thoughts, too. His right? nipples, though, are diamond hard. Bang! Huh? Joey, new question of the week. Go. <laughs> this week's new question was submitted by Harvey Locust via the THN forums. Sorry, John from Jersey. Who is a team character that's never had a solo book that you would like to see in their own title? Okay, that's a lot more. It's easier. Whew. We yeah. Can, we can get down It's a much more one. civil question. Oh. But yeah, John was just talking about, like, not every character needs their own book. Right. And Harvey was like... Every character deserves a book. No, he's not saying he deserves a book. I'm saying what no, character it. is it? And Who I'll... is a character that deserves a, a, a title? But you got to pitch it, too. Give me a story. Nah, pitch it. I ain't good at that. I want to pitch. Nah. I want to know why. I, I want to know why I'm going to read your puck book, you know? <laughs> Spell it out for me. They're bringing back Alpha Flight. If I made a puck book, he's a sex addict. <laughs> yep. Why? He's a hero because he's a sex addict hero. This is what he's a hero and he's dealing with this thing, but he's also addicted to sex and he has this lonely battle where he can't feel love, you know, because and he just seeks the like really bad, like icky attention and stuff. It's like Californication sort of with Puck from Alpha Flight. Yeah. I don't know if you guys can see my eyebrows or not. They're going nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you to everybody that called in and chatted at us and played today. I'm sorry the video looks so bad. Bad. I don't know what the deal it's, is. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. It's like we're filming this with a Commodore 64 or something. I don't know. Uh, we got a new episode coming out this Wednesday. My man Macho is going to tell you how to get in touch with us in the meantime. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We don't have a show without you. And uh, we're going to do previews after dark this week. Promise. It's happening this week. Okay? Mm, sure. That's for uh, people that are dumb enough to give us money on Patreon. And we appreciate you. You mushy head morons, okay? Right now, this... You idiots. The two-headed nerd. <laughs> signing off. Mark Phillips says, you are too horny today. Thank you for enjoying this episode of Cover to Cover. I am Macho, the THN AI, here to remind you to leave your voicemails at 4 0 2 8 1 9 4 8 9 4 or 
you may send an MP3 email message to Joe and Matt at twoheadednerd at gmail.com. This is Macho thanking you for your continued patronage and downloads. This week, loyal patrons can look forward to Joe and Matt's return to Drunk Previews. That is all.